bowels of One Half Radio Plaza at Life Media Studios. Hello, folks. Welcome back to Real Country Radio. Congratulations, Detroit. You can be thoroughly ashamed of yourself. The homicide tool has reached a nice even 750. Details on the latest leveling from Police Sergeant... Coming up now, we're going to start off the set with... ...in the morning. The Hitless Tigers could use this guy's talents. Mount Clemens police have a 36-year-old man in custody. Seems he got home about 5 o'clock this morning from an all-night spree. That ticked off the little lady who unleashed a verbal barrage at the man. That apparently the last straw for him. He picked up his genuine Willie Mays power eyes lightning strike Louisville slugger baseball bat. Proceeded to hit a thousand on the woman's head. Pull you up a chair and listen to this. Dirty Hooker Diesel is your full-size diesel performance specialist in Harbor Beach. We're Michigan's final authority on anything performance and replacement related. Specializing in diesel performance parts and accessories for Duramax, Cummins, and Powerstroke diesel engines. From custom-built transmissions and engines to CP3 pumps and injectors. Check them out at DirtyHookerDiesel.com. Hi, this is Tony Burkett, owner of Dirty Hooker Diesel. We are a full-service repair facility that can handle any task from stock to modified, big or small. So give us a call, 989-479-0444. Dirty Hooker Diesel, the final authority on everything performance and replacement. And we're back with Sidetrack powered by DHD. We actually are in studio, believe it or not. And uh, after a long hiatus, we even got Draw back in the studio with us. Yeah, it's good to be back. It's, what do you think, a year? It's been at least a year. It's Yeah, it'll well, be two years in January. Yeah. Yeah, God, it has been that long, hasn't it? I thought this desk was big enough. Because we're going on. I see that it is not. We yeah, we're going on three years room. for the show now. Yeah. So. Yeah, welcome back. You excited to see all our ugly faces in the studio? Yeah, I, I like I like the new studio. It seems to uh, feel a lot more at home. A lot yeah. more vintage stuff around here. Yeah. He missed out. He never got to go to the Second Baptist, so. No. I don't no. think there was room for three at the Second Baptist, was no, there? No, we could do three. We, just we could do, do three. Couldn't do four. Um, Without re having to completely gut the room and re yeah. reset everything up, but. My intention was to just get another table to stick out in front of us. We could actually have we could have probably five then, but we'll get there. Yeah, the room the room's down here to do it. So, yep. Oh. yep. A <laughs> uh, little bit of recap. Uh, that last show, Charles, awesome job. I do have to tell you that, buddy. Um, I am glad I was not here for that one. Yeah, we talked about it, and I got to say thanks to everybody who reached out after in the wake of that and, and giving us the feedback that you did because realistically, I didn't know if we could, I didn't know if Sidetrack could get away with a show like that. Um, a year ago, I don't think we could have. You wouldn't have taken us seriously or trusted us to be that real with you, and so thanks for at least accepting it. Yeah, no, there's been a long hiatus by me off the show. You guys noticed we haven't been there. It is hasn't just all been me. Uh, us busy with work. I've I've got a lot going on in my personal life and my personal issues relating to the topic. And uh, things are doing better. It's still got its days, but it's definitely been a genetic thing for me. Charles knows this history there. It's, you know, some people, it's because of an event. No, mine is purely in my DNA. It's in my biology. There's nothing I can do with it, and I live with it. So... We're going to do as many as we can. Um, things are better, but I'm glad to see Drob back here, able to help out and uh, pick up some of the slack where yeah. I'm just not able to 
do it all the time. I mean, I know you've noticed my absence from the Lions Club. I'm just, I, I'm reprioritizing a lot of what I'm doing in life. Just do it! Yep. Yeah, bottom line is it sucks getting old. It, it, it that's does. What it is. it, it does. does. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I didn't, uh, I, I'm not enjoying my 40th year on this earth. I'll say that. <laughs> Not like, fun. I listened to that show and I thought to myself, if I had to name that show, it was uh, Charles made me felt normal. <laughs> show. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's and that's probably the biggest thing is that people need to realize you're not alone in this. We're, we all we all do it. We're all there. Nope. So let's get talking some motorsports. There's a lot of stuff going on in motorsports right now. Yeah, actually, I got one real quick item for you guys. Yeah. That, uh, is actually a follow-on from last show as well. We talked about the Vesco team going 500 miles an hour, and I mentioned that Bloodhound was supposed to go to South Africa and try to go to 1,000 miles an hour next summer. Well, a couple of days after that show was posted, we learned that the Bloodhound project has been placed in administration, which is the British term for bankruptcy protection. They're just flat out of money, and they figure they need about 35 million pounds to continue and, and go forward, and no one has come forward yet with the funding to make it happen. So um, that project may uh, stall out. That's the concern with all these. I mean, you know, you look at the days of the, you know, Breedlove, Arfons, battle back and forth. These guys were just dealing with Army surplus engines and yeah. parts and you could get the fabricating cheap. it. You could get stuff cheap, you know. You look what went on with uh, SST. You know that was a whole different ball game. First time uh, the land speed record was not set on a salt flat. It was out on the Mojave Desert. You know, it was on a dry lake bed. It set a new tier. You yeah. saw a completely different style of vehicle that we've never seen before. Now, you know that sound barrier on land. It's been broke, so to speak, with the SST, but hit the thousand mark it's the money's not there you no. you are in territory that might not it might be possible to do it engineering wise and all that but financially is it possible yeah and it's a very it's a razor's edge too with the engineering side of it i think um, i've forgotten where the what the exact quote was but they were within they were within a hair's breadth of sst getting getting launched vertical uh man rule number one of radio turn your damn ringer off Jeez. Yeah, you really don't want to talk to that one anyways. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> I know I don't have Rookie. signal in this basement. I'm surprised you do. <laughs> Rookie mistake. Clean out your desk. You're gone. <laughs> anyways, you're talking... Engineering razors edge. Yeah, uh, I forget if it was just a speed differential. If they'd gone, you know, whatever, like eighteen miles an hour faster, or if there had been—I I don't remember if it was that or just the pitch of the vehicle. If the vehicle had pitched up two more degrees or something, the thing was going to take off like a missile. They were that close to the edge. Uh, you follow much land speed record stuff, drop? No, or? not really. I just—I know you get to that point where um, you know you get into the precious metals and the carbon fibers, and you get away from the stuff that's available right to bolt on and the engineering costs and stuff gets really really high just in the hours of yeah. investigation and the, and the testing and you know that's why a lot of those guys can't continue you yeah know, to, to 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 push the envelope you bring something up there and something get on your front you've been our guy from damn near point one in the diesel diesel truck world and that but you're not hearing of course that top speed been broken it's been stagnant since sst ran yeah but you're starting to see more very unique things come out. 
whether it's the Archer team coming out with the drag race tractor or JCB, they put all that work into one of their backhoe diesel motors mm-hmm. and powered, you know, a rail out there. You know, we're seeing a variety of things coming out. And, of course, the diesel world, the power's been out there. But as far as a drag race front, we have not seen anything no. like we have in the past 10, 15 years. I mean, you, you've you been right there from point one with a lot of that stuff. You know, the performance side of diesel trucks and cars and yeah, I mean it's 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 the same thing, right? There has to be, I think, with anything, there has to be money to be made in order to advance something. We've talked about that time and time out, right? The guys that start on the diesel truck, you start out the first few days, first years, few months, right, as a hobby, right? But in order to keep progressing, right, there has to be a revenue stream, like anything yes, else, does. right? And so, in the diesel world, you got to see a huge revenue stream, which I think coincided with huge evolution. Yeah, and it's, I think it continues in that vein. There, there, if there's parts to be sold, somebody's going to try to do it. Whereas with the, the absolute records, the 1,000 is a nice, cute, trite, round number. But beyond that, <coughs> let's, let's say they find the funding and do it. After that, does anybody really care anymore? If That's somebody, just it. If somebody comes out and goes 1,004 to break 1,000, beat their record of 1,000 even, do, do we give a shit? I think at that point it's the first person hit 1,000, and then after that it's, you know, first guy who got on Everest. Does anybody else after that really matter? No. You know, I mean, SST broke the sound barrier on land. Something that was thought was literally physically impossible. Even after the days of the Bell X1, you know, breaking it in air, which is immensely easier, so to speak. I mean, it's Mm -hmm. still a feat, but especially the time period that was on the 50s. But on land, because of greater fluctuations of air density due to ambient temperature where the higher up the more stable it's going to be shockwave reflections off the ground exactly i mean it's a complete different dynamic but at that point you know yeah okay sst they broke the sound barrier that's cool could they probably have backed it up three four more times probably two out of the three they might you know two out of three or one out of three they might have broke the sound barrier next time they might not have because something changed but does it matter who goes second out through the sound barrier no no first one to a thousand yeah now we're talking yeah that's that's something you'll honestly i can say in our lifetimes you'll never see anybody try 1500 no no i I don't think you can conceive of a vehicle that can produce the power needed to go that fast within the physical space available yeah you're not going to find a place on the planet to give you enough rollout to do it nope you know you need miles Yep. Nope. So, be cool to see it done, but I hate to be a pessimist on it. But yeah, it'd be cool to see a thousand get hit. But I don't think I don't think we're gonna get beyond that. Nope. As everybody pulls out their phone, am I the only one who plugged mine in a ways away, a ways that way? Um, <laughs> taking care of a problem. Of course, honey, I'll go down on you tonight. Oh <laughs> I doubt Gary listens to our show anyway, so. Yeah, probably not. <laughs> I know mom doesn't. Mm, no. <laughs> Anyways, you got a whole list of subjects there. I, I, I did my normal. Actually, I did do a little prep, but. 
Uh, the first thing I want to do mention, I guess we'll put this at the top of the list, is St. Jude's Raffle Tractor. That's going to be coming to an end here in another uh, month or so. And very impressed to see a gentleman from England pony up $1,000 worth of tickets. New England. Or, uh, I thought that was like literally England across no, the No, it pond. was like New England. Up. Oh, okay. And with a pledge to do it again. Uh, in sometime, November. Yeah, sometime yeah. in November. Yeah, so. he's going to send $1,000. Um, highest revenue generating tractor ever done for St. Jude's. This is, uh, what, number five now. We've had, uh, what was it, Oliver? We yeah. had Clementine, the co-op. We had a Minneapolis Moline UB. I think this is the fourth one. This is the fourth one. Yeah. So, you know, first Division Three tractor. I mean, true Division Three yep. spec tractor. Everybody else has been 2T. But, I mean, it's a powerhouse with a little 436 motor. It It's a fun tractor to drive. A lot of guys have stepped up to help with it. But, I mean, it was a great base tractor to start with. And last number I heard... They are well north of 40,000 generated for this tractor already with the hopes of hitting 60,000 before Tunica, which is about a month away right now. Yep. So, cool. Good. Yours truly will be down there for the Tunica raffle. So That's right. I'll be on mic down there. If you draw, Some, if you draw my name, you can call me. <laughs> if I draw your name, Put I'm me on mic. <laughs> <laughs> I still got to get tickets for that tractor. It's cool. Have you, have you seen pictures of it? Yeah, Jack? I did see pictures of it. Like I say, it's always nice to, you know, people are paying well above market value for a good cause, right? And I think that's what it's all about. So. Well, you look at it this way. Tickets are uh, $20 a piece, 6 for 20 and I know I think it's 11 for 200 or something like that. Something Don't like quote that. me on that one, but, you know, I mean, you spend a $100 bill on a tractor, that realistically is probably worth thirteen to fourteen thousand dollars. Turnkey, ready to start, go play in the polling, antique pulling world. It's worth the risk, and then you add into it, it goes to an awesome cause, the St. Yeah. Jude's Children's Hospital. You know, I mean, it's awesome. I mean, last year was my first year um, down in Tunica and got to see the St. Jude's class and the St. Jude's raffle or auction that they do at the same time. Guys donating tires, sharpening, and you know, guys that buy something and say, here, put it back up for bid. Yeah. You know, here's the 200, put it back up. Let's do it again. You know, awesome, awesome. I mean, I don't know what you got for your next topic, but I got one I want to fire off on already. It's really touching. <laughs> Go for it. We're talking. We got our major antique polls out there now. We just saw something neat with White Pine. Yes. First ever bracket polling. You know, it's a neat thing, 120 entries. and But what was more impressive than that is the sheer number of hooks they did over three days. God, they killed it with that event. Over 2,000 hooks on two tracks in three days. All paint dryers, I know you'd love it. Time I finish this fucking thing, I'll be out of his job. But, you know, everybody talks about, you know, what have become the major antique indoor poles. I mean, I'm sure... Some dumbass is going to say Tom McConnell's uh, Freedom Hall uh, shit show we're going to see here. We'll get to bit. that disaster. Yeah, is going to be one of them. No, as far as I'm concerned, and one of them, there's four. And one of them is an up-and-coming one, but they'll boil down to what have been the old standards. White Pine's always been one. Tunica, Mississippi. Sigourney, Iowa. Yep. And now Enola or Tulsa, Oklahoma. Yeah, those are the big four. 
And everybody goes, why does it work? Each not, one is not different. sanctioned. They're non-sanctioned. Each one is a little. Each one brings their own draw. Yes, they do. You know, Tunica and Keith Edens. I've talked to him. He goes. They've done more horse shows there. They brought in more sand. They've really screwed up our, what we've had for a track. It's gone to a sand track. They go, but yeah. we do it. But that track falls back together better than I've seen out of any of them. And it's still probably one of the coolest venues in the most variety of tractors you'll see. Um, Tulsa, probably just the biggest goddamn venue you've ever seen. They could do three tracks, four tracks wide, 300 foot long in that barn. It's another track. It takes the power. It's there. But also on-site facilities are a little better. Signory, they've got their reputation. They've got that 5,000-pound jackpot class that everybody yeah. wants a bite at. On the facility side, it's a little primitive. It's primitive. It's a single track in a, in a hog barn. You, you'd love it. You'd love it. You'd love it, Drop. <laughs> at least the smell I know. <laughs> but it's literally in a barn, single track, but you still pull pullers from all over the country. And White Pine, Charles, you and I have been down there. It's a ni- very nice facility. Yeah. But I think they found their niche to keep them alive now with the bracket pulling. That, that's it. And I think that people are going to do more of it. Maybe not on quite that level or that oh. scale, but um, pretty cool to see. And it's an, I like the new twist on, you know, you said it, paint dryers. It does bring some extra excitement to it. You know what? I got to give a shout out to Justin Collier and uh, Caleb Matsky. Those boys spent way too much goddamn time sitting in a, in a sled this weekend. <laughs> yeah. They pretty much lived on it. Justin Collier said he was the Heartbreaker 2 sled. He had over 956 hooks in on that sled alone. The front wear edges that are half-inch thick, hardened, hardened steel, he goes through a set a year. They're completely gone. He put them on just before the pull. Which I never, I mean, like you said, we've been there. I would not have pictured that facility as being a particularly abrasive material. I, I've, I've got the insight from James Grossman on how the track was, too. It was a little drier, which that is a red red gumbo yeah. with a little bit of sand in it. Red clay. That's going to turn into like a polishing block for buffing aluminum, you know. It's... It just ate away at it. But, I mean, them boys, that's two thousand over 2,000 hooks on two sleds. I know the guys. I'll James let, Grossman told me 4,500-pound class didn't get started until midnight. Oh, at three miles an hour. Oh, no, they do eight and 12s, too. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, you think our little uh, six farm stock plus class is hot? Boy, we live a very secluded life. <laughs> yeah, I'll agree with that one. <laughs> There's Oliver's seventy sevens that'll spank any any one of our big tractors up here and with the small motor. <laughs> Different world. Yeah. So So we want to get into the Louisville disaster? Oh my f- Is this actually happening? That's, well, that's my question. Is we, it actually gonna go? We haven't gotten to the weekend yet, so I don't know. It could still not. we got, what, three weeks left? I'm sorry. There's people who might be worried that we're going to offend Tom McConnell. I'm sorry, Tom. We're past the point of caring. I'm past the point of caring. You can only both smoke up my ass so many times before I really don't care, and I will speak you my true like opinion it. about you. Kiss and my ass. You don't like it. 
Exactly. He he lost all my respect with the ATPA disaster to begin with. So. Yeah. No. It's just. Um, <laughs> He, he's he's a classic salesman, that's for sure. Um, some of the stuff he's talking about, I really don't understand how he's going to police it, particularly with the, his muscle track. I fucking hate that term. There's muscle cars and that's it. No, there's a muscle tractor era. There is, but I just don't like the term. It's like it's like anytime there's a scandal, somebody puts the G-A-T-E on the end of it. No. There was a specific instance where gate was used. It was the name of the fucking hotel where that happened in Washington, <laughs> D.C. And your little... <laughs> Stupid ass thing does not deserve that. But anyhow, I'm sorry. Muscle tractor is 1206 G1000. Oh, I, I agree You know, yeah. yeah, I can identify a, the error. I just don't like the term. Not the term. No. I hear it applied to chainsaws. The muscle saw. Shut up. It's just a saw. <laughs> anyway, yeah, they can't smoke, so you got to keep them turned down. The same thing with the semis. Well, who's going to decide how much smoke is too much smoke? And and at that point, isn't that going to be kind of boring? Here comes Joe Schmo on his 1206 making a whopping 142 horsepower. I'm sorry. You, I, I've been going to more antique pulls as of late than you. But guess what? The crowd size never freaking changes. No, no. Well, and that's what <clears throat> I was going to bring up when you are saying the, the four, you know, larger poles that are successful in the antiques right and i mean i think those work because you have a lot of people and i'm not gonna say they don't have a lot invested in their tractor but monetarily they don't so you know you don't have to have the the huge payouts right so you can run events and you're kind of making money i like money (laughs) you're kind of making your money off hook fees and stuff like that right you're not looking to pay out you know a 40 to fifty thousand dollar no purse like you would at the you know grand national most of them you're doing a percentage payout anyways you know you're paying out 50 percent of the hook fees what did he do take that for data (laughs) but tunica yeah there's some spectators there sigourney no Tulsa there was because that was the first time they'd run indoors at that barn. Some people just wanted to be a witness. Well, not only that, it helps they have like the only steakhouse okay. in Enola because there's nothing in Enola. <laughs> Port of Catoosa just north, there's casinos and all that. But, you know, I mean, it's a hole in the wall. There's a bar there. There's a banquet hall right inside the barn. It's, it's cool. I'm going to take more pictures of this place next year because it is just awesome. But... They had a little bit of spectators, but nothing more than maybe 200, 300, maybe. Yeah. I debated going to this thing just to kind of, just for Saturday to be a witness, so to speak. Uh, I'm not not driving all the way to Louisville for that. I say, you really want to drive six hours to Louisville to watch this? I I mean, I I don't need to come up with excuses to go to that town. I love it down there, but yeah, I'm not going to. (laughs) <laughs> especially especially not with forgetting that I have to go to Chicago this weekend. No, I'm not doing two out-of-state weekends in one month. That's enough. Mm, Chicago. I'd rather go to Louisville. I would, <laughs> I would too, but family wedding, so. Not yours, right? Uh, well, not, not directly. Uh, family friend. My mom's best friend's son, basically. Oh, yeah. And they, we, we grew up together. I've known him for, since forever. I guess that works. <laughs> Anyways. Radio so, for one? Yeah. Um, I've seen the 
video menagerie they've put together um, for this. You cannot tell me that there's anybody in the Louisville area, area that's going to look at that and go, you know, I really think we should go down there, go down to the Expo Center and check this out this weekend. This this looks awful entertaining and some of the highest horsepower tractors you're going to see. But it's such great entertainment value for you. We only charge in 1995, which saves you a dollar of extra fees that we would have had to charge down there. <laughs> I've been listening to too much Tom podcasts. I I you told me to listen to and guess what I specifically did not do. I wonder how many of the light limited super stock guys are pissed off because of the 1985 cutoff on sheet metal. I get what he's trying to do as far as an ethos goes. Nothing newer than 85 can, is going to be there, which is fine. But you also cut off some of the very best uh, whatever the class it is that you're doing. Yeah. Same for the, you know, the pro street trucks are going to have the same same issue. Some of the best guys are going to have newer body styles, and they can't come. Yeah, and what do you think? What's the reason behind that? Vintage. They the title era. vintage vintage tractor pulling. So, yeah, that's it's the era he wants. As far to, as okay. what muscle tractor era is concerned, it's 1960 through 1985 1985 was the death of ih the death of alice chalmers that was considering kind of the turnover point to modern modern tractor designs but county fair nationals yeah i i want to know who's going to be in charge of making sure the money's there to get the payouts i didn't know they made ninth place ribbons (laughs) i mean i'm being yeah, I don't know. Everybody check your wallet before you leave. That's all I can say. No kidding. Not that this is a unknown factor. I mean, next time you see uh, Kathy's complaint or anything like that, just go go up and say hi to Randy and ask him, how is Buddy Tom McConnell's doing? Oh, wear a helmet. <laughs> Whoa, you're angry. Ah. <laughs> oh. Yeah, so that's what I think. I, that's enough of that about that. Yeah, I can't stand that. No. Going to be so much better than Louisville. <laughs> yeah. Oh, what do you got next, Charles? Anything? Oh, we, we're down to the uh, various and sundries now. Well, I, I had a, I had a good what, one. You, yeah, what you brought we had up. A talk. So yeah. I was. I don't know if you guys got a chance to see this, but they had uh, basically a sit-down with Vaughn Bauer on RFD TV probably oh, like a month ago. Oh, no, I did I not. I missed out on that. That was awesome. So uh, they sat down with Vaughn Bauer at his house um, in Iowa. Very interesting. I don't know all the statistics, but he lives in the town of... Peyton, I think. Peyton? Yeah, yeah. And Peyton. they said the... Average uh, population is around 300 in that town. And Bauer, at one time or another, employed 230 to 250 people. If I remember right, Peyton is where the Iowa 80 truck stop is. Peyton's just south of there, if memory serves me correct. Could be. So it was. I know I've been through the town on my way out to Sigourney one year because my dad and I back roaded it. So. The plant's still there. Yeah. Just, yeah. yeah, he yeah. Just and and he has a new one also that he does other stuff. Other, that's, you yeah. Know, he still does some custom stuff from John Deere, what he said, but he has other ventures and businesses yeah. along with, I don't know, farming 10,000 acres or what else they do on top of that. But When does he uh, sleep? The interesting thing is you went in there, and uh, as a you know tech guru, if you can find it, you might want to watch it because he had a homemade 
70 foot uh, plasma cutter that he made himself. And, you know, to do like a large planner stuff. But the the interesting thing is they sat down with them and they started the topic I kind of want to talk about because we always talk about the performance end. I'll, I'll mm-hmm. say the offense of yeah. uh, pulling, but we never talk about the defense, the, the yeah. sleds, the, you know, where do we see sleds in 10, 15 years? Because they kind of asked him that question and he didn't have a Probably real good answer. Tractors. <laughs> so i guess I, I i was gonna throw this out to charles and andrew and you know what advancements have you seen and what could we do thinking way out of the box to make sleds more consistent you know so it's not just the box goes up at a rate you know it trips a switch we have a few settings on gears pan pressure but is there anything that you could take that to the next level with all the sensors and um you know servos right i mean think about all the stuff that we're using now could we use that on sled technologies in the future i i looked at a post where they had the a sled the sled flipped over and they were put they had all the new grouser bars put on there yeah. right yeah and it's like how much of you know when it comes to grouser bars i haven't seen the bottom of a lot of sleds i don't know if you have but is the placement critical is you know they have things on angles things in the center i know i've talked to uh brad cushion there is some on the angle in which you're placed in there to actually help direct the sled back straight falling behind the vehicle, you know, there is some thought process put into what actually is going on underneath that pan. Yeah, I can see it for directional stability, but as far as, like, trying to be a a resistance factor, I don't know that you could do that because the dirt consistency is, changes too much venue to venue. You'd, you'd, you'd never be able to... It might be phenomenal on one track and suck on the next. And that's kind of my point was, was would there be a, a, a point where you could put different bars on servos or, you know, and take data and say, okay, it's a hard track, it's a clay track, it's a wet track, right? We can adjust those <laughs> to try and, um, you know, accommodate, you know, some of the consistency. A couple things I see actually that are built into thumb sled that are not on some of the some of the bigger ones. Yeah, you're on. Yeah, you're on. Am you're I? just not hearing anything through your headset? Yeah. Oh. Is it plugged in? Yeah, you're plugged in up here, but you're, for whatever reason, it's dead there. Hang on a second. I'll move you over. I don't know why. Now it's now it's alive. Weird. Anything? I'm good. Okay. There. Okay. We <laughs> so, ran into that before, but... Yep. Um, but uh, the things I see on our on the thumb sled that I don't see on on Bowers, I don't see them on Brad Cruz's, I don't see them on any other sled really, are the adjustable dagger boards on the back corners where you can vary the height of them. It's very much a near pass. Yeah, which is thumb a, trucking. That's a setup. Yeah, near pass actually. I don't know. No, they yes. have, they do have them on those. Yes. Okay, um, that's one. And then the other is um, with I don't care how you suspend it on the rear, but you know with thumbs being the air ride rear suspension, he's they've got that limiter chain on there. Where when it goes to full transfer, they can either leave the chain long and let those let those wheels drag on the ground still, or pick the whole damn thing up. And I I don't see that innovation on any other sled really. No, most of them now they when they go to full transfer, it is just full transfer. Everything's up in the air. Um, the only thing I could see honestly, and it's kind of a scary proposition, is with the automation we're going to. And safety possibly being an issue is possibly an unmanned sled, so to speak. Remote control technology being on there. The fully autonomous. 
sled. That I, yeah, that's, I didn't consider that idea, but you might be right. You see in the European circuit where the the sled operator has to have you know fire suit, fire suit, and all that. Where, and, whereas we have you know full full cab, but I mean, how long has Monster Jam had remote triggered kill switches on all their trucks? Oh, it's been, gosh, probably over over twenty years, I think. Yeah, you know, there's nothing. <laughs> a ten year old out in the out in the stands could with a simple remote control probably or yeah. hell anymore take a tablet you could control everything yeah i, I could see that being you being know removing thing. the human factor of being on the sled itself i just wonder what at what point elon musk was going to take bauer out of sled building <laughs> god <laughs> maybe a fully electric something but now i'm just curious you know he the, might he might start doing it but um you know he'll promise he'll get four sleds built a year but he'll only actually get one done <laughs> Oh my God! I got a buddy who's got a story for that one right now. Jesus, I would, I could actually see a trend toward lightening, lightening the the base structure of the sled so that they can have more transferable weight, because that's the only way I see. We're at we're at that threshold where the sled really can't get any heavier to go down the road, so we got to have more dynamic ability on the sled itself, and substituting some lighter materials here and there. To, to get a physically lighter vehicle and move more weight around on it. I mean, that's one thing. Look at the difference between the near pass sleds and the, so to speak, Bauer, Bungart, Cushion style race sleds is, you know, Ellen Baum Slum Trucking, they carry around nine, twelve thousand pounds. Look at what a full box load is for a Bauer sled. Yeah, it's, it's significantly more. It's 24,000 pounds. Yeah. 2,000 pound ingots. Two in the center and ten on each side, or five on each side. There's twelve thousand plus. They got the two on each side of each pan, You're on each side of the pan. And then depending on the sled, the they got too. two, one in the nose, and they know some of them even have slots in the center where you can put them down between the frame rails. Yep. You know, I mean, the the active weight load is gone up exponentially as compared to what you know we grew up with the thumb trucking sleds. You know, seeing a 14 being the full first hydraulic transfer we've seen had around here yeah. was, you know, that was a major innovation. You know, it wasn't just the incline sled that once the weight was there, that's all you had. No, we actually went full, full transfer. Yep. Yeah. I, those are a couple of things that come to mind. Um, yeah. I think there's more that could be done in terms of telemetry and, and you know, GPS for, for distance measuring, although the major organizations still are hugely dependent on, uh, doing it with laser um and there's been arguments on whether the laser is more accurate than the gps um i there's still a need for the laser and indoor is a perfect example of that yep you know it's just gps isn't going to work inside but um i don't know i the thing i i could take the argument both ways whereas a a tracking style system whether it was you know the old ground wheel or gps where it's a true measure of distance traveled, not just a point-to-point um, that the laser gives you. So I, I think there is something there. A guy takes a snaking ride, and we're talking about events where, where, where sometimes we're measuring this difference in winter out to a thousandth of an inch or a thousandth of a foot. The fact that one guy did it on a curve and the other went straight, well, the guy who did it on the curve did go farther. I don't know. Something I think of. Yeah, but I mean, it's always been a point to point, whether it was you did it on a curve or not. I mean, even going back to the old rope 
crew days. I mean, yeah, that's true. Not even old for some places like Cobleskill, New York, where they still think that's more accurate than anything else in the world. But have fun with that. Oh yeah, that's what they did. When I got to go out there for the NYTPA poll, they still do rope crews. But they did go to a surveyor's uh, tape measure, so they can give you down to the tenth of an inch. Hopefully they don't ah. stretch the rope too much by the from the beginning to the end of the show. Oh my god! Uh, I I thought those days were over. I, I, that's like that's like the the oh shit emergency solution. Yeah, I know Thumb still has their stuff, or I think well, they finally took out the stakes and. Really, I can swear they were still in the entry trailer. They still might be in the entry trailer. I think they ended up having to put them back, but, I mean, it's always been an old backup. But Yeah, and I haven't – I know Thumb has used it probably in the last 10 years, but it's probably on the closer to 10 than it is to recent last time we had to do that. Yeah, no, they got backup, agrotronics boxes, things like that, so they don't have to go to that. Yeah. Well, let's go back to the days of uh, measuring box travel. I'd be fine with that too. I mean, that goes right back to what we were talking about on, on the last show that the pulling is so abstract that does it does it matter as long as it's the same for every competitor within that right. event? Who gives a shit how you do it? Yeah, we do you, do have that. you ever seen box measuring on poles? Oh yeah, oh yeah. I I don't know how long he's been. You know, he's a fox body Mustang guy <laughs> for a little bit there. You know, <laughs> still am. <laughs> Probably got one again. No, I can't uh, put myself through that again. You know what he's not into? Pulling. <laughs> Harsh crowd. What was it I was on? Oh, on the Facebook page for Thumb, I was scrolling through looking for some photos of Fowlerville and saw the old mini mistress on there. <laughs> I think she's still still living in Iowa. Again? Yep. <laughs> No, no repaint yet. Still, no, nope, same. Still same. out there to tempt you. Still out there. <laughs> Gonna come back a third time. I, I think eventually, but I don't think it'll be that paint scheme. I think I, think <laughs> I wore that one out. I'm over it. <laughs> well, you're you're closer than I am to your kids being grown up. You you'll probably be out there with something well before I am. Hopefully, three <laughs> zero. That that seems like the class to be. I mean, it's it's growing. It's uh, you know, you watch Shide and. I mean, it's just like the old two six. There's, I think you know, you'll see it. Um, I mean, I don't know if the thumb will ever go there, or, um, but you know, you got it in uh, <coughs> all the the regional stuff and all the uh, grand national stuff, and Wolverine. You, know, you got it PPL, Wolverine, yeah, Wolverine, Wolverine West Side, West Side's doing it. Um, sounds like Hoosier State's going to pick it up. It's a nice set of rules that have been stuck to for a while, so you're going to see turnout. Yeah feel like we've talked about that yeah <laughs> well better luck next time so next topic let's talk 2.5 diesel what do you think of that shit show <laughs> we'll move on shut your goddamn ass up that sounds like gerba down <laughs> sitting down there right now <laughs> uh yeah i called him uh the other night and yeah, he's, he said, I'll come on the show as long as we don't talk no damn trucks. <laughs> <laughs> Which, if I get out the UCC list, he'll he'll turn off his whatever he listens to this on. I ain't listening to no goddamn diesel trucks. Fuck them guys. 
Something he does like, Onaway, uh, yeah. adding two poles. They're going to do a, a regional, a Region 2 event uh, last weekend of June. Classes will be split with Arcola because Arcola's got a longstanding date that yep. weekend. But uh, they're going to, whatever Arcola doesn't do, Onaway is. And then it uh, sounds like they're going to add a Wolverine State hook later in the year as well. Uh, I know of the confirmed Region 2. I haven't heard about the Wolverine, so. There was speculation about it. I haven't heard anything officially announced, but they were trying to put something together, well, probably after fair convention. We'll yeah, go on that one. yeah I'm, I'm sure we will because we've been kind of told this we're stuck up there now. I, <laughs> dude, Mike Sturgill's a great guy to work Absolutely. for. Absolutely, I, no I problem love going up there. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's fun. I've enjoyed both trips up there and, and hope to continue doing that for a long time. Absolutely. While we're talking NTPA, uh, we can finally get off our knowledge yeah we can let the cat out of the bag march 29th and 30th ship second ntpa grand national indoor pole full 320 track again yes sir and uh sounds like it'll be the same class list as cloverdale so uh which is a little unfortunate because i was hoping to see mods but I'm surprised, especially I, I, getting back over this way a little more. Yeah, but I think but, again it has to do with the the ceiling height and the lights. Yeah, I mean, I, just they can't because of the exhaust pressures. Yeah, I would imagine. I so mean, what? It's fun. <laughs> <laughs> You've been to Coverdale and seen what no. the many. Oh, yeah, no, I've yeah, never I, been okay. to Coverdale. Neither have I. So I've been there two two years, and you know, just the you're talking about the pressure, even like the the minis. You know, if there's insulation, lights, heaters, I mean, they just blow everything off the ceiling. So I just can't imagine a mod. Yeah. Well, well look what they do in Louisville. Yeah. Every year in Louisville, they pull the ceiling tiles down. Yep. Yep. I, I can remember back, you know, they, they take out more now than they used to, but I can remember going down there, you know, 99, 2000, that range. At least one modified would still blow a tile out of the ceiling. Yeah, and, and how you, tall is that building? And that's a lot taller building than the, than Cloverdale. Yeah, Cloverdale's probably Shishawana. twenty feet, twenty five feet. Five feet, yeah, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. You, you've been there. We're you've never invited us to go with you. Well, so. I forgot my tape measure last time I went there. <laughs> I you don't have those that your uh, well trained engineer's eyes calibrated for that yet. Yeah, I mean, I thought you took Dad with you. He should be able to help you out with that. He's usually sleeping by then. Right. We just we just hope we get him to the grandstand so he can take a nap. Wow. We're going to get hate mail on Facebook tomorrow. <laughs> Thank you, media. Speaking of which, when the hell is he going to get that truck done? I he's he's keeps plugging away at it. Just uh I think it's a lot it's a lot bigger task than like you say you you believe when you know, you're one man or you and your dad, and it's when you don't have Anytime the, you want help, we'll I, I don't, come over. <laughs> I, yeah, I think it's the bigger thing is getting people, right? If you don't buy everything turnkey from a yeah. you know, Schmidt or Miner Brother or <laughs> to get Sassy. Them to, even, or, to get them to pay attention you know, to, you. to Yeah, to try and like, oh, I need a cam, and it's like, okay, put you in line six months, right? Oh, I want yep. headers, put you in line six months, you know? And, yeah. Uh, and then no, further, the, unfortunately, he has chosen a class that, that Michigan is just not going to support any longer. So that kind of maybe removes a little bit of the <clears throat> motivation, unfortunately. Yeah, there was, yep. there was some discussion with John Silsby on that one. On You know, sorry, Pro Mod 4-Wheel Drive Truck guys, you guys had your chance. Nobody showed up to the rules meeting. Yeah, you got you to gotta turn out as simple as that. And how, well, how many of them were upset about the combo? 
class. Yeah, yeah, that I mean, was run one year. The, that was run one year, and then I, it was I know, dropped. but I can tell you, there was a lot of, uh, you know, hatred on the message boards, and yeah, um, you know, even I was at a couple events, and you could you could tell the hostility between yeah. you know the two classes. It wasn't as melded as you would have hoped. Sorry, no year. offense, Rev, but you truck guys need to start changing your tampons out and quit whining so much. Fucking you had to run a combo class one year as you're trying to bring out a new class to help keep the damn club alive, and then you guys completely bail out because you couldn't suffer along for one season. I don't think it was the diesel guys that were complaining. No, it wasn't. It wasn't. No, it wasn't. It was the Elky guys. You know, I'm I'm sorry. It's. You want to sit there and whine? Guess what? You uh, you've you've lost your play box. You know you've lost your sandbox to play in now. And it wasn't it wasn't one sided either. I mean, I thought the rules were you know pretty fair. I mean, there wasn't anybody yeah. walking away with it. Different tracks obviously benefit right. Different combinations, right? And yeah, you know where they had the tires and not the torque. They had the RPM and the horsepower. So yep. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. There's a lot of well. On top of that, whining. I mean, you know. It, it, those events, they pay back how many places in state-level mod four-wheel drives. You only had three or four the last few years anyway. Yeah. There's Yeah. Okay, maybe you, on a particular night you're falling down lower than what you were, but you're still going to finish in the money. Yeah. You know. I don't know. Way to kill a class yourself. Yep. Kind of sucks. And it's tough because that's a huge class everywhere else. I mean, you go on yeah. national oh, absolutely. level, there's, you know, 30, 40, you know, at, at – the, the bigger pole so oh absolutely i mean ppl's got a thriving class the only real difference between change over there is the fact that you know ppl ha- has what is it open or is it like an 800 cube max yeah. on them i don't it, i it, thought it was open but it no, may it's have not something. open it's i think it's 800 yeah, think cubes it's, 800. It's, it's stupid it's ridiculous it's not the <laughs> yeah it's not the 650 cubes that we've grown yeah. accustomed to with ntpa but i mean it's still wicked i mean look at we lost jim bosch he goes out and runs you know Goes out and runs with PPL now. You rarely see him on the NTPA. But I don't think yeah. he's running bigger than a 640. No, he's I, still no, he's running not. the old 648, but, I mean, he's still, you know, he goes runs PPL. And, he, you know, he's one of really what I could even make the case one of two active trucks in state. Um, you know, Larry Smith's truck went to California. Scott Phillips has got dust collecting on it. Foster's got his too, but I mean, he, I don't know how much he really goes to, he probably pulls that thing, those trucks at thumb pokes more than he does at Wolverine ones. Oh yeah. No, he's committed full NTPA Grand National. It yeah. doesn't. But he'll, you know, he does his testing at thumb shows yeah. away, away from, you know, the prying eyes. Yeah. So I don't know. So getting back to the indoor pull. Yeah. Has there been any talk? I mean, Cause you know, Cloverdale is more of just the invitational, right? You go there. Kind of a good. Well, they're time. both they're both going to be invitations. But so you don't see a point series starting between the winner. I, I kind of wonder how months. far away that is. I'm wondering because they're sure setting something up here, and from what I've heard, and you know, I'll say it. I don't care. From what I heard, Greg Randall's kind of giving a hint that big things, big changes are coming for NTPA, which I'm kind of hoping to see and really want to see because you know, kind of it's felt for a little bit that. NTPA has taken a second seat and becomes PPL's kind of whipping boy for a little bit. And I know the clubs do work back and forth. I'm not trying to start 
yeah, it, political bullshit. No, but, at the high at the highest level, any political shit is not going on between John no. Mears, Larry Richwine, Greg Randall, the top brass. Those guys no. go to dinner all the time. Yeah, they're talking about stuff regular. They want to work back and forth, but as far as the fans are concerned, a lot of them have kind of drawn a line in the sands on the diehards. Yeah, and uh, they want NTP to step up. You. The owner, the company that owns NTPA is called World Pulling. You know, come on, let's see what World Pulling is about. What do you got? Yeah, I th- I th- if if it works with Shipshawana, I think the idea of even just a five event series, winter series, is not far away. I, I really, really believe that. Yeah, and I think the biggest hurdle that they're going to have is is finding the venues. The days of going to the big big stadiums, going to a Ford Field, going to a Superdome, whatever, the rental cost is too high. Yeah, you can't. We're never going to go back to that. But to be able to do it at places like a Shipshawana or a Cloverdale or a Ducoin, Gordyville, there's there's these venues where you can do it. Yep. Yeah, it's going to be a change. It's not going to be the Indy Super Bowl type deal. No. You know, or going out to the Coliseum out in L.A. or, you know, right. And which I'm kind of glad because I mean. We all grew up in that, but you know, going to like the Cloverdale's and some of that, it's it's more, I guess, intimate's the word. Very much, you Very, know, yeah. and to where I feel that's what you know, pulling is, and that's what brings the attraction. That's so the perfect word almo- for it. You almost think that maybe going to a larger stadium. To me, I mean, you're almost, and you've mentioned it, Charles Landry. You go to you know, Louisville, right? And it's like you go there because of the name, but you know, there's that's that part of it's not there. No, it's, it's lost not. a lot of the touch. You know, yeah. And I, I got I mean, I have, yeah, I remember going to polls at the Silver Dome, but God, the last one was probably better than 20 years ago. Do I have a vivid memory of it? No, I sure don't. Uh, just too much time's gone by, but yeah, it's, you don't, you're not on top of it where you can go to, I won't say any outdoor event, but most and be right up on the track. There are some venues where it's just kind of, you're, you're way far away. And I, I think the event loses something because of it. Absolutely, we've talked about uh, the pole and Adrian. That's Just a perfect distance example. Away. Distance yeah. away, Fowlerville's one that that's another it one. feels the Although distance I'd, away. The differences though between the two, and granted, we've only done Adrian once. The Fowlerville crowd engages. Yes, in, and they actually do to help compensate with that. They do set up chairs yeah. on the dirt track, you know, to get the fans closer but i mean and we put the scales removed. in a place you're, where so that everybody has to go right in front of those people to get yeah. to the scales so yeah i mean it's you're removed it's there's some distance it's not like being up and ugly you know Minden ugly, city, yeah. <laughs> ugly minden city <laughs> yeah where you're, you can give the driver a high five on the way by yeah which arguably those are a little too close <laughs> <laughs> for comfort but hey nothing better than being drunk off here in uh, minden city and I can't remember the rest of that night, so never mind. <laughs> Alcohol may have been a factor. Oh, but any other stories side? that will go to our grave. <laughs> I know nothing. <laughs> on the on the flip side, though, you, you look at PPL and you know the majority of their large shows, right? They've manufactured by themselves over the last four years. Yeah, right? they pretty much had to to where NTPA yeah. they're. You know, those are they've had the tradition. They're to stand like the, on. they're like the small town, big pole. Yeah, right to where the PPL is the big town, big pole. I mean, I you know in the stadiums or in the racetracks or in the you know 
places that don't have a, a polling track there the whole year, right? They're, yeah. So it's just it's different, right? And I think you're going to see, you know, the the crossroads of like you always talk the, you know, the marketing and the commercial side of it, and which one will win out. That's an, and that's another curious point too. Forrest Lucas is not a spring chicken. We've talked about no, this before on no, this show yeah. too. And I know Morgan is being groomed to, for that role, but is is Lucas Oil going to continue to do uh, as much as they do to support the PPL? And and really, I think a lot of those, going to some of these venues and places like that really is that's that's Forrest's hands at work there, getting them in. Oh, absolutely. You know what I mean? Like you said, we've seen it before with other companies that you know. The guy who started, it's been a driving force and putting the money in. And then when something happens, you know, a change of uh, change of guard, so to speak, and normally one of the first things to do is see that money pulled back out and rain back in while the next generation makes their fortune and then go, yeah. well, let's reinvest again. If, the, if it ever comes to that, you know. Yeah, who knows? I mean, we're all going to find out when it happens, but... Um... I really don't even want to talk about NASCAR right now. <laughs> we don't have to. We can. Care. It's stupid, though. That's just. You you did you seen about that one? Well, I know yeah. you saw the message, but yeah, yeah, Kevin Harvick thrown out because what he do? Modified his car so it'll go quicker. Yeah, I think that. I mean, that's a trend that you're seeing across. I think a lot of motorsports. Um, you know, I. The reason, you know, it's funny because the reason, you know, I like tractor pulling or truck pulling, right, is when you started, right, you liked a certain brand. Yep. Just the way it goes. I mean, you know, you go to a, a pole and you do the whole Dodge fans, yep. right? Nothing gets people more excited than manufacturers, right? The yep. rival between manufacturers and then the rival between people, Yep. right? So, you know, you take NASCAR from its infancy right and it was both it was it was both right it was you know dodge ford chevrolet and they were always trying to top each other with stuff that you could buy on monday yeah and that you was know? it nascar it had to be a production vehicle with x amount produced per year for it to be out on that track mm-hmm. and, and you know and then the guys that drove them right were guys that you know, every one of us thought if we worked hard enough, we could maybe be. Maybe, yeah. Right? And You know, like the Earnhardts and all that, right? And then you get to now, it's like these kids are groomed from no different than you get into, like, sports. These kids are groomed from three years They're old. They're starting yeah. for with right? mini wedges running on the short tracks all the way up now, you know, yeah, late models. By the time they're getting their license, already into late model racing. And yeah. honestly, I don't even think it's it's more than just the ability, right? It's the look. Oh yeah, right. It's you got to be you got to be marketable. You got to be young. You know the days of you know Dick Trickle and guys smoking cigarettes in their cars. Yeah. And, you know, <laughs> guys weren't marketable, right? Yeah. And you know I just think that in a, you know you look at it. We we talk about uh, NHRA. I feel the same way. Yeah. You know it's like uh, you know we laugh like Leah Pritchett, right? <laughs> She's a big driver, right? But it's like. You know, is she, she the ain't best? That big, but I know. <laughs> <laughs> but my point is, is is she really there because she's the best driver they can put in the seat? I would or argue not. Is she the one they can mo- make the most money with? Right. Yeah. Everything from you know her 
marketing on social media all the way up to advertisements and revenue. You're, you're and absolutely right. She looks good on a poster. Yeah. Yeah. Can, can, she can, she can drive. There's no question. She can drive. But is she better than Gary Selzy or Corey McLenathan? No, I don't think so. But Corey Mack and Gary Selzy aren't can't sell what she does. Yep, they just can't. They don't fill out a bikini top like Leia. Oh, they. Well, <laughs> have you seen Gary? He probably does. <laughs> right. I you mean, know? You, you even look at John Force. Right. I mean, you know, he's there, but you know, every one of his daughters probably have the availability to make more money than he does on a marketing side, even with all oh, absolutely. all of his accolades, all of his wins, yeah. you know, everything the guy's done for the sport, I bet, you know, from from a marketing side, he can't make the money his daughters do. No. Schumacher's no. probably just pissed he doesn't have a daughter to race. I well, had to throw that she, in there for well, uh, he Gerlach. does. He does, but she's running a team. Yeah. Yeah, basically, she's, she's the front about office. That, yeah. Yeah. Hear, hear that, Gerba? We're, we're making sure we cover every topic you love. <laughs> <laughs> and like you say, the cars. Hey, I'll, I'll bring another one in. The, you can't just, you know, we talk about him being groomed from age three. Well, you can't just pull a Tim Richmond at 18, 19 years old, jump in a sprint car, and suddenly be awesome. Yeah, no kidding. You know, that just doesn't happen. In the cars, it's, you know, what sticker package do you put on the front? What uh, headlights does it look like? And that's what? just it's it. Like, you know, you take the bare body without any stickers on it you probably couldn't tell the difference between the toyota the chevy the ford the dodge no it's the same you know they freaking they dock kevin harvick harvick points because he made a modification to his box spoiler that he has to keep on it so he went faster hello art we're racing this is the major major Big crackdown by NASCAR because, well, he modified a spoiler. This is this is our major innovations now. We are modifying a spoiler. Well, the only thing I care about is his car chief is named Cheddar Smith. <laughs> the only reason I liked Harvick is he took over the good wrench car. Oh, I've always liked He's a good driver, but and he's not. He's one of the few kind of in the Tony Stewart mold that isn't afraid to actually speak his mind once. In a while. No, let him. Let him fucking run. Yep. And the flip side of it is, you know, you got to have teammates that are good and not willing to know that if it comes down to it, they're not winning. Right? They're going to, they're going to, you know, block, right? They're going to draft. They're going to make sure they can get you to the front. And it just, at that point, it's almost like a team sport with some of them. And it just, that's, that's right, really where I lost interest. You know, it's gone from Boring. exactly. It's gone from being a redneck sport supported heavily by a blue collar scene to yeah. now being this presented as a yuppie, you know, yuppie sport that well, you know, you got to have the money and all. You've you've alienated your main fan base that made you all second. this money, you know. Oh, boring. Exactly. Thanks, Donald. Boring. Thanks, Donald. Yeah, and you know, I, I laugh because you, you you know I watched Talladega Nights the other, and this is like a month ago. Fifth right? first to last, and you you, <laughs> you you go to the scene where you know they're sitting at the dinner table, and you know he's going to say grace, right? And he says, <laughs> "I need to thank Mountain Dew." Yeah, and, you know, yeah. All, yeah. Right? and it's like it's really closer 
to what happened in NASCAR, then you're really yeah. Oh, it's, fake, it's, right? it's, it's the absolute like, truth. That movie skewers NASCAR and some other dumber things about the sport. You know, the Fig Newton's logo right on the windshield. I mean, just <laughs> anything, anything for a dollar. <laughs> and that's that's it. You know, it, it's the same. You know, you'll see it going back to NHRA. It's the same way. You know, it's like you get down to the end and you got John Force who has three cars in the field, or you know. And all of a sudden, it's like, oh, look at that. Robert Height blows the tires off, right? That secures John yeah. Force's, uh, you know, win for the – and it's just like they're not even racing, no. right? It, 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 there's no – you know, there's there's just no drama there sometimes, and I think it takes away a lot of it. Let's bring hydrazine back and see how everybody does. <laughs> <laughs> all right, night. I don't think it ever left. Uh, you know that just as well as I do. You know, I actually had a, a conversation, speaking of that, I had a conversation with, with Ed. We talked about this at after Langford, um, and the, the reason I don't think it's what Ed's suggestion was, because it was too prevalent, but we noticed that some of the some of the methanol classes, minis particularly, some of them just, the exhaust stunk, and it's like, what what the hell are they burning? And and I've been meaning to pursue that a little more since that weekend. I keep forgetting about it. But I, when I was at Ed Saturday, I, I asked him. I ran it past him. And, you know, he, he thought, well, it's probably some kind of top lube that they're running uh, in, mixed in with it. Well, after I left, he calls me. I'm, I'm not even out of the driveway 10 minutes. He goes, you think anybody was actually mixing in a little nitromethane? And I, I, I told him, I just don't think so because it was in I the smelled top end lubes it was rancid it sucked being down on the track with that yeah and i've been around alky burners you know that you know oh yeah i've been down track side for the light limited class oh we got great you know fruit punch pop top end lube no there was a it was it literally my eyes were watering it it's, was that rancid it, it and it could have been a, a small load of nitro the only reason i wonder if it wasn't because even in a couple of the mod four-wheel drives, you could smell it. And I just... Could be just a different brand or manufacturer, whatever. And that's what you I know. was curious, you know, what is this stuff? Because it... But there was some... I wouldn't want to was... go indoors at Louisville or Cloverdale with somebody burning that shit. It was bad. No, I mean, there was one I was sitting with uh, Ann, and uh, sitting with Anna and them down on, by the blocks, and as a vehicle, you know, shotgun pass out of one of the light supers, and, you know, over 300 through a flag, that whoosh of air and that exhaust just hits you. And I've been hit by alcohol exhaust before. It sucks. But normally it's all right, fine, whatever. This literally was like getting pepper sprayed. Yeah. And it never, like I said, yeah, this stuff is bad. It, it never, the, the litmus test on, on how your tolerance for alcohol fumes used to always be Thursday nights at Louisville. Because you'd have you'd have two wheel drive trucks on the Alki Supers and the Alki Supers would just fume out that building. And my seats used to be up in nosebleed, and people would move down. They would get sick. It never bothered me, but this stuff, oh, I don't know what it was. Yeah, well, we we ran actually in our trucks, and I don't know what the you know the composition was, but we used to run that power mist, acetone. That's and pure it, acetone, and it's you know they call <laughs> it Nitro XD, right? Yeah. And it's like yeah. the first time we used that, you know, we got turned on that by some uh, local dino guy in maybe michigan that uh turned us on to the uh the, the nitro xd and uh you know the first so time so much for that sponsorship for 2018 <laughs> thanks 19 thanks Trab. i appreciate that. there's a lot of uh dino chops in maybe michigan yeah um I anyway used to, i used to mix it for snickle all the time yeah, and he'd always tell you just don't spill it on you yeah, and, it, and it came in this non-marked undescript steel yeah. can 
that, you know, if you left it in the gas tank uh, for more than like 15 minutes, you know, you, you'd start collapsing the gas tank, the plastic <laughs> gas tank, you know. So we uh, we mix that. And it went from, you know, when we were running not a, you know, a ton of low compression, we filled up the first time and I'm like, he goes to turn the key, you know, we just, you know, you have to turn the fuel like halfway on and it's like, turn the key like, boom. Like a gas motor, just started right up. No ether. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa! So, and and I, so I got a really good story about that. So I was at work or I was out of town, and my wife calls me up and she says, "You know, I told you to fill up the tractor, my little Kubota thirty horse uh, oh. lawnmower." She's like, she's like, "The only thing I could find was the uh, I had a can that was yellow and it had three X's on it." And she says, "So I filled it up with that." And, it's blowing flames out of the out of the stack going around the corner. So that the Kubota got a little Nitro XD with a little, uh, a little shine fuel in it for for a couple of weeks. Mowing uh, in third year, all fifty horse out of the tractor now. That's awesome. I, I still have a photo of a certain bucket that's in a shop you work in. The the Michigan water bucket. Yep. <laughs> yep. So yeah, there's there's a few stories out there like with Warren Johnson. You guys always heard that story, right? Of how you know he won the championships, right? What he used to do is they found out, you know, Warren Johnson. They're always looking for him at night, and he's always he was always running around the the nitro cars pits, and he was looking for used oil. So he used to take the nitro cars used oil, and he put that in the in his car, and the fumes from the nitro methane. Once it got I warm, I had never heard they that. Would, no. They would get up in the engine, and it, you know, in pro stock. Don't take a lot, and that's they oh, felt how he won the championships yeah. was. Never really even thought of that, but yeah, why not? That's a theory. I'd never heard that before. Yeah, he he did all kinds of cool weird ass stuff. The the one that didn't ultimately didn't work was when he did the the a five hundred inch engine with a flat plane crank. Oh, did that sound weird? <laughs> I guess I never heard that one, so I'm gonna have to. That's a legendary story that I've heard I, over and over again. And there so. and and that and there are plenty of legendary stories surrounding the pro stock class when it comes to all kinds of shenanigans. You know, just just mention the Wayne County Speed Shop to anybody who's a drag race fan, and everybody's going to go, oh, "Oh yeah." Speaking of drag motors, we're seeing finding out more on that Ford three ten uh, straight six. Yeah, they're getting more into that with uh, that video series. Uh, I didn't, I didn't finish the one you posted. I think yesterday. Yeah. Um, have you have you followed that one at all, Drop? Yes, I have. That's it's it's a neat piece. It's w- exactly what we want to cover with this show. And yeah. What we look at it is a unique, unique piece. I love the fact that it's three hundred two Cleveland heads sectioned for each one. I mean, the time and engineering, and come to find out after watching the video. There's like 20 or 30 of these things out here, out there. Somebody put a lot of time and effort into figuring this combination out. Yeah, I, I went, after you posted the first one, I went on just, I, I sat down here for probably 90 minutes trying to find anything else about this. I got as far as finding one picture of it, and that was it. But, I mean, you know, the the porting of the heads. The heads, what's really impressed me the most is, the completely changing of the exhaust and intake runners, you know, I mean, now we get into it, the three-piece push rods because of geometry changes. And- yeah. yeah. And I think, it, you know, you would just think of the hours that went into building that one motor. Yep. I mean, hundreds and hundreds of hours, right? And now, you know, and I'm sure, you know, 
people in five or ten years, and you almost think the same thing. You send it back. It's like, wouldn't that been easier just to throw a piece of steel in a CNC and just hit go? And no, three yeah, hours yeah, later, just yeah, come exactly, out, come out with the same head. It costs like half of half the cost, you know. But they didn't have that. They didn't have option, it. and so that, that I think that's the real cool part, right? Which right there, that's the scariest thought I've just had in a long time. The days of seeing that Frankenstein innovation are probably gone. Pretty much, yeah. Well, I don't know. I don't know if it is or it isn't. Um, there is uh, a fair amount of some of these kind of shenanigans still going on in, in the class racing, the sportsman class racing within NHRA. It just doesn't get talked about because it's not sexy. You know, these guys race into a performance index, so they'll pick some oddball-ass motor that hopefully has, has a, a favorable index, and then they'll just go apeshit on it and, you know, hopefully, hopefully get close to the index but not wind up resetting it. So I think it, there is still some of it going on. But even those index classes, the amount of money that they spend on those motors, right, to, to you know, basically what those guys do is they take the blueprints, right, and they go to the top tolerance yeah, on every possible spec, right? So they, you know, they used to do this when we, we used to run a stock snowmobile class, right? And it's the same type of thing, right? So these guys would go to Skidoo, right, and just say, hey, we want, right, your, we want, like, the head that you when you inspected it, you threw out because it was over tolerance, right? And they run that stuff, right? And so they're taking, you know, opening up the manual and saying, oh, that port can be 0640 with a tolerance or plus or minus 5,000, right? So they put it on the machine, machine it, go to the cam. Oh, your cam can have, you know, 300 inches of lift plus or minus 20,000, right? So they get the cam that's over, machine it. So they end up spending a lot of money putting everything to the very, very high-end specs to win, right? And, you know, you can buy an off-the-shelf aluminum head, whatever, and make way more power. But that's, you know, people think those index classes are cheap. and it They're not. Really, in the end, you know, and I've even seen, I was, uh, when I was drag racing before, there was a guy over in Lapeer that used to do a lot of that spec racing or the index, and they were acid-dipping body panels yeah to make them thin you know because they had to be steel and they would actually take aluminum heads spray weld them and no when, nobody does that you know and then they put they'd spray weld the serial numbers on so when they went to check them right the magnet test pass and they got a cnc aluminum head right underneath and it's all spray welded right changing intake ports and it it was a game of cheaters let's just leave yep. it at that <laughs> Just like every other motorsport, but absolutely, that's I guess that's my bitch with NASCAR and right now is we need some more gray area to bring some fun back. Yeah, yeah. Well, and that's to come full circle back to the the diesel performance, the the pickup truck world. A lot of the stuff that we're doing basically doesn't have rules, so it does make it at least on the drag racing side. So that's where it is still exciting because you can still do that that bit of innovating. But, you know, on the flip side, you'll see that in Andrew's favorite class, right? Pro stock, right? I mean, it's getting the same thing, right? Where you're getting to have, you know, John Deere, International, Moline, John Deere, right? So at some point, it'll be all the same motor in different yeah. chassis, right? Different, maybe not even different chassis, just different sheet metal, right? And you start seeing that even in the, uh, you know. The, you're already the, there. You're already down yeah. to, you know, it's either going to be. A 619 John Deere block or the Hyper IH block. 
and you're going to be running, you know, a couple different chassis. That's it. Yeah. It's sheet metal change. That's all that is. And that's an awful lot of money for the stupidest idea. Fortunately, you look heard. at it, that's where that's where all we're at with all the motorsports anymore. Yeah, especially at the unlimited spot, even the diesel truck stuff, right? It's, you know, Chevy body, it's marker chassis, same engine, different mm-hmm. sheet metal. So not that we don't love it. You can just see it. It go. It, it seems like it always goes there. Yeah, you wind up converging to a, a new norm until somebody else comes and shakes up the ant farm, which it gets harder and harder to do after a while. So what else you got on the books for the day, boss? Oh, <laughs> they're, uh, they're slowly working their way through uh, UCC competitors. There's going to be some changes for next year. We're going to go down to eighth mile racing uh, instead of quarter mile. I'd... Not a fan of that one, but uh, it seems to be what the competitors want. We're going to tighten up the amount of time spent drag racing because, let's be honest, it is hard work trying to fill 13 hours down there on Friday and Saturday. It's tough. And I think besides just what the competitors want, you look at how many trucks oil that track down. Oh, yeah. And it's right it, It's right at the quarter mile or it's 100 feet from you know the quarter mile. It's like I think Saturday we must have sat there and – would they race eight hours? I was, it's it was open 12. That. Yeah, it's, it's open, open 12. 12, 12 so, and it wound up being 13 because of that last oil down. They they said, okay, you six guys are in line. You're going to get your shot. Yeah, because we had issues the day before with that. Yep. And I just can't imagine guys like Derek, and, you know, getting up on that line after some guy just oils it down with 12 quarts of, you know, oil and just knowing that you're going 140 miles an hour down a track that's just been oiled down on three consecutive passes. i got to get me one of those. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but what, did I did I hear, hear rumor uh, uh, we're going to go heads-up racing? Yeah, there. It, I think it's still going to be – I haven't heard anything formal. I, I think the intention is still to do it basically grudge style like we did last year where it's going to be the driver's option. But they are having – it's either six or eight – um, pro mod ODSS guys there who are going to do some exhibition side by side legit racing. They need that. I, I honestly think they need, especially on the drag racing day and the dyno day, they need something else. I think to fill yeah that gap because absolutely it's, it, it it's hard to you know watch one or two trucks go down in an hour. It's tough, and it's it, I mean it's it's hard to watch. It's hard for us to to fill that time on Mike. It, I mean we do it, but it's it's difficult. It's brutal. It's brutal, and uh, you know we end up taking a lot of flack for it. But I mean it's probably the worst case scenario for announcers. There isn't consistent action. No, and you can only hear the same commercial. Yeah, or <laughs> over and or read over the same commercial so many times, and and it's we're we're tied to the tower in the sense that we can't we can't take a mic out to the pits and interview a competitor. It will you, you can't. It won't reach that far. Uh, yeah, so it's tough. Yeah, no, we've we've tried to get out as far as we can. We just can't. Yeah, it's there's there's logistical limitations to what we're able to do in that scenario, and and the guys. To, to turn around and call them up to the booth to sit with us. So they don't want to do that because they're... They're thrashing. They're Changing thrashing. transmissions. <laughs> yeah, they're thrashing on whatever. You know, they aren't going to want to take time to, to come up and talk to us. So, uh, well, there's always new ideas and, you know, we've done it twice now. So we learn every time, you know, what we can do better and do different. So it'll be Yeah, better. and, you know, the, you know, really the, the, the sled pulling day, it, that 
is a pretty constant moving, right? There's pretty much action. Yeah. From this the time was, it starts. This year was way better than the first and, year down. You know, the, the, you know they, the hooks seem to go a lot better, but, you know, the dyno day, and especially when, you know, even at the drag racing, there's really only five or six trucks that go really, really fast. Oh, you yeah. watch you know? it. LeVon pulls up. Everybody sits and watches. <laughs> LeVon goes. Everybody sees the time. Everybody leaves. Sean Baca comes up. Everybody's there. Yeah. You know, I mean, other than the industrial injection trucks, the fire punk trucks, you know, th- nobody wants to sit and watch, I hate to say it, even the power-driven guys. And, I, and I'm is not trying to slight them. I love them guys to death. They're probably one of my favorite teams to deal with. But if you're not one of the top five trucks, fans really don't give a shit what you do. No. They're they're actually honestly hoping for carnage. Yeah. And and I think you'll see, right, you'll see that gap get smaller every year, right? Because Levon and these guys at the top, they can only do so much to go faster, right? Well, so yeah. you'll see guys at the end catching up a lot and we, faster, and, we did. and you've seen that this year, I think. Yeah, we did, because two years ago, I think Levon was the only truck in the eights. This year, you had nine trucks go eight seconds. So, I mean, yeah, there is a tightening there. Yeah, for sure. And And the same with the dyno. There was, you know... I don't know, 10 trucks that went over 2,000, maybe yeah. more. So you're seeing that that gap get get smaller, which is nice. And we know, I well, they've announced, I believe, 16 of the starters. If you throw in the the guys who get automatic bids from the qualifier and some of the others that I know are, are have accepted bids, I know who 25 of the starters are. Basically, that leaves five open slots. So far, no surprises yet. Nobody where it's just like, hey, I, either, hey, I want to see them in this or – you know, what the hell are they doing? Uh, it's guys basically sticking with combos. There's there's no Wagler shop truck coming in to, you know, set the world on fire. There isn't that. You mean we haven't seen Katrina announced yet? I don't think you're going to see Katrina <laughs> <laughs> Well, and, and, but actually, in a, in a sense, yes, you will. Eh, um, it depends on what is, you know, probation and all that. It works well, out to that, well, that's not it. <laughs> Uh, I was going to say who bought off the impound yard. <laughs> Cody Cook, who picked up a, a transfer from the Weekend on the Edge qualifier, the truck is basically identical, um, power plant-wise and everything. It, it, it is, it's, it's not Katrina, but it's Katrina. Yeah, but it's not the pain in the ass in the seat. No, that's true. And I, and I think the, the big positive, to throw some positive at UCC, and I think, you know, talking to, like, Tony Burkhardt even a little last year, I think – he and Derek and these guys see the benefit of that crowd, of that show, of, oh, yeah. of that spotlight, you know, with, you know, the, the, the three different um, shows that there's a lot of, there's a lot more promotion going on there than there is at a pole or yeah. a drag race or oh, a, a single show. And that know? industry expo really helps drive that. That is the key right there is having the expo. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's huge. I mean, we see it from our company, and you know, we we went to a few more events this year than we had pri- in years prior, but the the return on that investment really, we haven't seen it. Um, but UCC, we we do, uh, we we make enough waves just from that one event to live off of all year. Uh, you know, historically, that may not be the case in the future as we continue to yeah, grow. You, but you don't get you don't go to many events where you get to see the flat brimmers with tattoos and the guys with skull rings in their back pocket. 
<laughs> yeah, this is and and they very get, true. And they and they get along. And yeah. they get along. Yeah, yeah. So it's uh, and I, I hope that Tony steps his game up this year. I mean, I think he. And I, I don't know if you guys had much talk with him since then, but you know, uh-huh. it seemed like we're not allowed to tell you. It seems like <laughs> it, just, it just seems like he, you know, that's something I think he might latch on to and be someone that will be competitive over the next couple of years. I, th- I think he will be. And well, the truck, the truck got the name it got because it really was a very last minute. They had like two months between acceptance and time to race to essentially cut that thing apart and start over. Yeah. You know, well, you and I saw what it looked like, what they started with. It was a pile. And now it's mint. Nope. It's uh, it's going to be interesting down there. It will be. It will be. I'm sure we're going to bring Andy Gerba in as a consultant, so. Yeah. It'll be, uh, we're we're in the early early stages of discussion about who the crew's going to be this year. Yep. It's, uh, it's going to be a change up. It's going to be a change up. I think it's going to be smaller. I I know there's one name we're hoping to nail in. Yeah, there's gonna be a yeah, there's gonna be a, a person on the crew that I think he's gonna We need. We we need because of his level of professionalism, but he's also gonna teach us some things, I think. And that's good. Not just professionalism, but just he comes from a different motorsport, which will really help. Comes from a different motorsport, he's not polar centric like we are, and um probably one of the best at what he does and I ain't gonna say that'll go right to his head. Not that he listens to the shit show you anyways. He ain't got time for that. No, he definitely so. does not have time for that. Well, you got anything else, Trav, or you? I'm just here. You're just here? You're going to have to have more for next week, then. For like 45 minutes. <laughs> well, with the, I got nothing else. I really don't. It's kind of stagnant right now. Uh, we're As far as the polling world, we're down to awards banquets and uh, waiting for Wauseon, Ohio, Princeton, uh Princeton, Missouri, I believe, is uh, one of the next ones on the stop. Springfield. Or Springfield, yep. Yeah, Springfield, Springfield. the same weekend as McConnell's. Yep, Springfield, Wauseon, Shit Show, and uh, then we go back down to Tunica. So, I, I only had the one the one last thing, and I'm sure you guys hit on a little bit, and I know it's a sore spot for all the Super Farm guys, but what's, what's the feeler out there on the... Uh, <sighs> He'd be a better one to ask, actually. The, 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 earlier, the, the new turbo. Yeah, the early reaction I got was, was that it was bullshit. But um, The biggest concern for the guys is if they're still able to run a 3x3 three three or they stuck only running a 3x4. That's going to be the main, the main discussion right now. Because there's still a lot of guys from the NTPA circuit that still have that 3x3 three three smoothboard turbo that they ran all the way up to 2015, still probably sitting on the shelf there. Yeah. So it's if a, they can get away with running a 3x3, three three, not having to change that hot side cover, it, it isn't going to be a big deal. But whether it's literally you are running this, for all intents and purposes of the word, box stock turbo, if that's all you're allowed then it's going to be a real guessing game for a lot of guys. And and I guess why would you say box stock? Because that would never. It's, it's not a box stock as what we would see with like Outlaw has run a box stock charger on their super farm. They run them on their pro stocks even. It is literally this is the charger you can run on them. But 
you are very going to be very limited to what specs you're allowed on that turbo. I mean, very, very tightly. Yeah. So you might have a hard, you might have a precision, but it's still a smoothbore turbo. There's, there's only going to be so much give and take. They've narrowed it down to what would, in, like I said, for all intents and purposes, be a box stock turbo. And they had to do it for, you know, a one-time teching reason, right? There couldn't be any more reason than that. And that that's a whole nother story for a whole different program because that's there's a lot of finger pointing and sounds like a lot of the fingers being pointed down to a guy in maybe Michigan that it was only his turbos that had the issue, which is news to me. So interesting because at the time last year we were it hearing that it was the, the heart problem. It was part of the heart chargers. Yep. So, and th- I mean that 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 problem is the same problem that drove the smoothbore in in the truck, the truck world. Classes. Exactly. That's, that's you I don't went, understand. You went right? from a it's class like, it was a smoothbore turbo. That's a story. I guess we're not going to get into on air. I just don't feel like dealing with that one and getting too much more hate mail than I already get. But <laughs> um, we'll fill you in on that one. But you know, they went from <laughs> they went the opposite direction to every other class out there. You know. That's a air-limited class. That's an awful lot of money for the stupidest idea I've ever heard. Yeah, we're looking at seven, eight grand for a one-time use turbo. When I, I, I just look at it, regardless of the money side, I just look at it as, why would you want to do that to your show? Why would you not want the best possible show? Well, I, I think it, the headaches that came with that whole scenario, it's kind of the fair board saying, Look, you're either going to play by our rules, or we'll just get rid of your class. We don't need you. But and and that that I guess makes sense to me because you know you got guys that are running a combination, yeah. and and for then, forty hooks a year, thirty hooks a year, and then you get they got to come in it's here. It's Louisville. They don't care. Yeah. Yeah. It's not I a sanctioned poll. I don't make that comment flippantly. I, that's actually I won't say who said it, but it's parroting some pretty inside policy there. Yep. No, it's it's Louisville. They've always been their own game. They always will be their own game. That's what's made them unique. It just it sucks for the super farm pullers, but I don't know. There's a lot more going on, I think, behind the scenes on that story than we'll probably hear about for in the next 10, 15 years. Yeah, someday it'll come out. It'll come. It'll it'll shake out. Uh, with that, my name's Armstead. My name is Posh. And I'm Drab. Good night. Fuck this shit, I'm out. <laughs> Fuck this shit, I'm out. No thanks. Don't mind me. I'ma just grab my stuff and leave. Excuse me, please. Fuck this shit, I'm out. No. Fuck this shit, I'm out. All right then. I don't know what the fuck just happened, but I don't really care. I'ma get the fuck up out of here. Fuck this shit, I'm out. You make your living going up and down the road, and time is money. Would you like to save from 5 to 25% on fuel, up to 25% more power with better bottom-end acceleration? You need to get with DieselFreak.com and their truck tuning services. Works for Cummins, Caterpillar, Detroit Diesel, and more. If you want to kick it up another notch, you can get their off-highway tuning for high horsepower. It'll unlock the RPM limiters, twin turbo setups, VGT turbo replacement, EGR valve delete, DPF delete, urea delete, and more, and it all comes with a 30-day warranty. 
Not only that, they've also moved into the agriculture realm. They'll bring their dyno on site to you. Get a baseline on your tractor and write a custom tune for it, load it up, and show you the difference. Also with a 30-day warranty, save fuel, increase power with performance tuning from dieselfreak.com. For Case IH, Challenger, Klaus, Fent, John Deere, Massey, Ferguson, New Holland, Belcher, and more, dieselfreak.com. They can be reached at 989-748-4145, 989-748-4145. Ask for Wade and tell them the Pulling Radio Network sent you. 